Tune in, listeners. Is that you? <laughs> it's your host, Keila Parkinson, and I am oming away over here because today I am starting with a question for you, which is Have you ever wished you could just push a button and get mindful? <laughs> I know I have. We live in a very push button world right now, and on Tune In, of course, as you know, we are radio for your mind, body, and soul. And we talk about all the ways we can get mindful every week here on the show. And if you are listening to our show on WVLP, your local community radio station, you do know that sometimes we have some pre-recorded content and previously recorded content. And that is the case with today's episode. So you might be listening to this during the daytime and hearing some night noises, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, I want to put that out there first, and then I want to also get back to this idea of push-button mindfulness and oming um, and breath work and blah, blah, blah. You know, so many of these techniques that we talk about ad nauseum on our show really are these great, great ways to just kind of almost like push a button and change your state. But they're not exactly the same as pushing a button because you do actually have to do the work. So today, our show is all about your mindfulness tool belt. Feel free to use another metaphor if you'd like, um, I don't know, toolbox or um, bouquet, whatever it is that speaks to you. But something that you can use anytime that's very handy We're going to talk about quick fixes because quick fixes are helpful, but I want to say they're also usually short-lived in my experience. So, you know, these quick fixes, they do change your state and um, they can not necessarily be lasting. So today's show shares tools you can use to, yes, change your state in the moment, and then also practice them on a regular basis whichever one you choose, but choosing one regularly is the key to creating a habit that helps to change yourself long term. So not just shifting your state, but becoming someone who is able to shift state pretty much at will. Uh, I can be a little bit of a living testament to this. <laughs> we all know that I'm still practicing every day. The Dalai Lama says it's a practice. So, um, you know, if that's the case, then um, then you and I, listener, are going to be practicing <laughs> for a while. And I, I really believe that that's okay. If you are interested in leveling up, if you are interested in uh, just being a calmer you, being someone who has more compassion, uh, being someone who maybe doesn't take conflict personally, again, these are all topics we have addressed on our show. So check us out at our podcast version at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio. Be sure to subscribe to it as well. If you have found us there or at your favorite podcast, you know, app or platform, when you subscribe to the show, then you will get immediately fed into your notifications any new episode that drops, and they do typically drop on Friday mornings in the U.S. So 
that's awesome too. And again, if you are a WVLP listener and supporter, you can check out our show and several others on demand. And you can listen to us all around the world, wherever you are, and most especially in the Valparaiso, Indiana listening area. So today I do not have a guest on the show. Typically this show is an interview format and really conversational format. And I love to have these conversations with our wonderful, wonderful guests. We have several new guests coming in lineups and we have a couple of really cool panels coming up here at the end of summer 2021 and moving into fall. And um, But today you're going to be listening to me share with you tons of resources that have worked for me, that have worked for guests in the past, and that have worked for tons of the other people around Northwest Indiana, which is our classic listener area, and again, all around the world. We do have global listeners to the show because of WVLP.org and because of the Anchor.fm platform app. And so the first tool I would love to share with you, it's so easy, you're going to think it's crazy, it's just journaling that's right. Uh, get. I was going to say at the top too, get out your notebooks today. Like take some notes, begin to learn about this because again, sharing so many tools, sharing things you're going to want to come back to, listen to again, practice a little bit. I would love to interact with you about these things. Um, leave me a voicemail, you know, message or recording on the Anchor podcast. Uh, go to the facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio show page is our fan page. You can definitely interact with me there with with other guests there. We also put tons of events that are happening around the Northwest Indiana area, and as well around the globe for guests who are international or national who have been on the show because we do have guests from all over the place. So um, so yeah, so going back to the tool, the tool is journaling. And if you are not a writer, if you do not love to journal, (laughs) you may be like, pass, next tool, and that's fine, totally fine. Again, this is something that can be in your tool belt that you never use. You know, um, it's that shiny hammer (laughs) that, that looked great when you bought it, but it sits in the tool belt. Because the idea is to have multiple tools, multiple flowers in your bouquet, whichever you choose here. Um, or, or, you know, multiple pick your metaphor, because the idea is to be able to switch them up if you want to. Um, in parenting, we often say that there is no tool that works 100% every time. Um, and I think that's true in life. I think that is quite true. I think that systems are wonderful. And I do think that systems, to some degree, are kind of on their way out. And what's really in vogue right now is checking in with ourselves, centering ourselves. Again, we've mentioned so many different wonderful breathing techniques and meditations and things. And I'll throw some of these things in too. But today, I want to go for some other kind of nuts and bolts types of tools that you can use that maybe are more active, that maybe have less to do with meditation, maybe less to do with being quiet. Although journaling is a great thing to do, to be quiet, to contemplate your interior, obviously, right? So um, I went to, I've been journaling since I was seven years old, (laughs) no surprise. And I think people hear that, I get a lot of wow when I hear that. People think that I've been keeping like, I think maybe one long continuous journal (laughs) for several decades. And that is certainly not the case. Uh, Not only is it 
obviously in multiple notebooks, but also I actually at the moment keep multiple journals. I, I have one where it's my daily sort of like thinking out loud and it is where I also write my devotional recordings every morning. Um, I, I'll talk a little bit more about that ritual when we get to the devotional section, but um, I like to do some centering and some of that is through reading and contemplating great spiritual tomes or little passages or these devotionals, which I'll also mention as a, as a tool here in a few minutes. And, um, and then I love to kind of see what theme it is for the day. Uh, that's super fun. And I love to see what theme it is for the day, like sort of what's my message, what's my lesson, what am I going to pay attention to? And I write about it. I record it in there. I write about it. And um, that's been something I've been doing, I would say, for probably about five years. And so I've mentioned the blog on the show. That's a type of journal. <laughs> that's basically my thoughts out loud in a lot of ways, but to an audience. And if you, you know, were around at, you know, beginning of the internet and this information superhighway, blog actually stands for web log, web log or blog. And um, that it started really as people just putting their journals in a different format, putting their journals on the internet. And so blogging, now it seems like it's much more tutorial. My blog is also tutorial. It teaches people, just like the show, a little about mindfulness and meditation practices and and also communications techniques that can be used um, in a compassionate way and to speak our truth. And so that's really a type of journal as well. But this handwritten, great old-fashioned journal, I also keep a gratitude journal. I have a special notebook for that where the concept is I can start my day mentioning things I'm grateful for already at the top of my day. I can end my day by thinking about things that were wonderful and kind of savoring those moments. These are really great techniques for showing appreciation, being present in our world, not missing the miracle when it happens, right? So um, those are wonderful. And then I have a special notebook that I keep that is sort of my like conversations with God. If you remember that book by Neil Donald Walsh, or if you haven't, then run and get it (laughs) and check it out. Um, It's a little bit of that, except for I don't do the automatic writing part. I, I really just have my communication directly with, um, sort of spirit, sort of the universe, like, just like it's, and it, you know, and it's very fun to me because, um, it gets me in a place where I am really observing that miracle I mentioned, like the, the day-to-day life. I'm really like, you know, very much, it's not just like, what's my theme of the day, you know, and, and I'm intellectual about it. It's really very soul led for me. It's this conversation that's ongoing that is one-sided as far as the dialogue, but the messages that I get when I'm paying attention, um, they're amazing. And it it keeps me on track as far as that it keeps me very centered in paying attention to where is the soul in any conflict I may be having, any big existential questions, you know, where is the soul in that? Um, not just like, what are my life lessons from an intellectual stance, but what is the heart message in this for me that I can then take and embody? So um, so that's one thing I love about journaling. I love, love, love it. And um, journaling is the first tool. So, you know, I, I, 
there was a time in my coaching practice, uh, my, my other day job, where I would often give journaling as an assignment to clients. And I don't do that as much nowadays, but there are definitely people that it speaks to. When I was assigning it willy-nilly, uh, I had a lot of, especially men in business who were like, oh, good God, I'm not doing that, you know, which I completely understand. And so that wonderful bullet journal concept um, which is out, that's another great way, like these little mini things, just writing down thoughts or sentences. You know, I also have a dream book. That's a type of journal. Um, and, and I do that practice with, with, the, dream, with the dream journal. Um, I, it's a very small notebook that I can keep right in my nightstand and it has a tiny pen and, um, and I can kind of write in the dark, just sort of, you know, uh, on one page. I just, it's like a little flip book and I can just write, you know, here's, a theme as something I want to look up, you know, there were, there was a shoe and it was talking. So I would write talking shoe. I mean, I don't think I've ever actually dreamt about a talking shoe, but <laughs> that would be one example. Purple cat. I don't know. So, um, and then these are things that I would either for myself, I like to look up the symbology and, and that's sort of fun too. So, um, there are so many ways to journal. And the other thing that I hear, and you may have this challenge yourself, the other thing that I hear people talk about is um, that they think they're journaling wrong because they don't do it every single day. And you've just heard me mentioned <laughs> mentioned several types of journals. There is no way that I write in those every single day, not even one of them. But if I were to write in, in all of them every single day, I don't think I'd be getting a lot of actual living done. I'd just be sitting around writing all the time. Um, so, you know, they each, each one of them serves a different purpose for me. And for me, journaling is a PRN prescription. You know, you use that as you need to. I know that we've all been in English classes or creative writing classes or whatever, you know, usually it's like an English class assignment at some point in middle school or fifth grade or something where you have to keep a journal and you have to write in it and you have to share your thoughts and, or it was a really big thing in the, in the 80s anyway. And I don't know if teachers still do this honestly, but I, I know a lot of people who went through that conditioning and were, you know, they're sort of like, oh, I don't journal, right? I don't do it every day. And, you know, I say, unless you're giving, you're given an assignment by someone, there's never any need to journal every single day. If you are maybe keeping a food journal, for instance, and you're wanting to track, you know, how things are going, then by all means do that every single day. But again, only for a given period of time. I don't think there's anything we do every, every single day um, and not even sleep (laughs) because... I mean, who out there hasn't pulled an all-nighter or, you know, stayed up talking with your BFF or your new, you know, mate? And um, and so there, there just is never anything that we do every single day throughout our lives. And that includes journaling. So if you have been shaming yourself for not keeping your journal quote properly, then cut yourself some slack and use your journal PRN. You have my permission. <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for listening to Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. I am your host, Keila Parkinson, and our show is underwritten in part today by Unity of Northwest Indiana, currently developing the premier center for spiritual growth and education in Northwest Indiana, with meditation walks, retreat house events, and even more to come. Learn more about it and support the growing movement at unitynwi.org. 
Today's show, of course, is about mindfulness, and we are talking today just with me, just you and I having a little chat together. I am Keila Parkinson, your host, and we are talking today. Also, I forgot to mention the most important thing about every station identification break. You are listening to WVLP 103.1 FM in Valparaiso, Indiana. Thank you. Um, So again, we are talking about mindfulness, and today we're talking about your mindfulness tool belt. And again, if you don't like the tool belt metaphor, then shift it to what you do like. But we we just chatted a bit about journaling. And the next tool I want to teach you is also very handy. And I'm going to say handy a lot because I, I literally mean handy. Like it's things we can, you know, do with our hands, things we can keep very close at hand, all the things about hands, right? And so this one, super about hands because it's called tapping. And you may have heard of it. You may have seen it. Uh, there is a really great, there are wonderful groups of people who are working with tapping locally and again, nationally and internationally. And it's been around since, uh, according to a, a recent website that I just checked out, 1980. It was started by a doctor named Roger Callahan. And he was a psychologist who also practiced traditional Chinese medicine. And he worked with the body meridians, those energy meridians that we hear about with Chinese medicine. And so he started to combine this idea of the thought field, our mental health with our body field. And he created something that at the time he called TFT as in thought field therapy. And according to this website, thetappingsolution.com, which I will say again in a bit. Uh, it was a fairly it was fairly complex, required a trained practitioner to use specific algorithms and techniques to determine exactly which meridian points to stimulate uh, to obtain the desired results to kind of let go maybe of stored trauma in the body or old events. Um, because typically it was about moving energy around. Um, that's what these energy meridians are for. And tapping does that. Now I would liken it to acupressure, but instead of just pressing on, you know, an acupuncture point or or a meridian, an acupressure point, it's about actually literally tapping with your finger. Usually your middle finger, we hear that, you know, it's the heavy one. It's got the most strength. It's connected right to our heart center. And so that strong middle finger is used for tapping or even all four of the fingers of your hand tapping on these specific meridian points. Um, And nowadays there's a whole sequence that's just, it's the same sequence over and over. Um, And I guess a man named, according again to the tappingsolution.com, a man named Gary Craig, who had trained under Dr. Callahan during the 90s, began to um, make the process easier And he learned that even the patient could start to do this for themselves. And they switched the title from TFT, Thought Field Therapy, to EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. And I actually learned this in the 1990s. Uh, I had a practitioner who was teaching me how to use it for myself, for my own mental health, and loved it. I had a book all about it, you know, and I would flip to the index and be like, you know, anger or depression or um, anxiety, and I would flip to whatever the emotional trigger was, and then I would start to repeat these sort of phrases. And the challenge for me was I was supposed to create the phrases for myself. So uh, at the time, now tapping has evolved since then, but at the time, 
that was really a challenge because I was struggling to get into a resourceful, resilient state. And somehow I was supposed to, you know, script these great messages for myself, and it just didn't work in the moment. So I would be frustrated with the book frequently. I loved the technique, and I really loved when my practitioner friend Rose would walk me through the tapping, um, and she would script for me. That was great. I loved that fit. So today, why am I suggesting tapping? Well, thank you for asking. Listener, I am telling you about tapping because nowadays you can go to thetappingsolution.com. You can get an app right on your phone, The Tapping Solution. And in that, there are a bazillion, I don't even know how many, they add more every day. They added so many amazing ones in 2020. And they gave a lot of them for free in 2020 also um, to anybody, even non-subscribers to the app. And, um, and, you know, there is a subscription fee to the app, but it's amazing. I believe there's also a free version um, that has a limited number of really great um, free tapping scripts. And, and so it's like, you know, a little video and, or an icon that shows you exactly where to tap and you repeat the phrases. And I mean, if I'm really stressed out, I can go down a little rabbit hole. And if I have the free time, I can spend 20 or 30 minutes even. And I can just say like, oh, you know, once I figured out why I was so mad about the circumstance in my life, uh, then I uncovered that I'm actually sad because of something that it reminded me of or something it brought up for me that is a limited belief, right? And then I can just go to another tapping script and work on that one also. And I can move so much right out of there. Boy, do I love that. That is so cool. It is really a literally handy app in all the ways. So check out Tapping and the Tapping Solution. There are three siblings named Nick and Jessica. And at the moment, I'm forgetting their brother's name, the Ortners. Um, And let's see, I'm going to their website right now. Nick and Jessica and Alex Ortner. And Alex has just been brought into the the team. He is adding a lot of really great apps for kids and for parents. And so you can be any age to use this. There's a limited number for kids right now, but it was so brilliant of them to bring that in because so many children were struggling during um, our shutdown period that we experienced most recently. And um, and, and people are experiencing that again at different parts of the globe right now. And, you know, children and teens and people in their early 20s, they learn, we all learn through connection and community, but, you know, they're really hardwired. They're physically, they need that as part of their learning. It's, you know, their brain is mapping experiences. And um, so there's so much anxiety that comes from too much isolation. And so, yeah, the tapping solution wisely added all kinds of great things for all of us, including kiddos. And I'm just so glad. Okay, I'm taking a tea break for my voice. So slurping away here. Thank you for the pause for the teddy ear. And um, yes, so even though um, I do record some of this material, I still do the structure of live show because uh, this is radio. This is also radio. This is podcast and radio in one. And thank you for being a listener. Listeners, you are listening to Tune In, radio for your mind, body, and soul. I am your host, Keila Parkinson, here at WVLP 103.1 FM. Our show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, 
Kiki Productions Inc. philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. So share the love at coachkiki.com. We'll, we will be visiting that website also later because I'm probably going to read you <laughs> a blog post or two. Um, I might read you one about journaling. And so um, in the meantime, I want to just kind of follow up on that whole app thing and just say there are some other apps I love, many of which I have mentioned on the show. You can check out uh, the conversation I had with our former wonderful audio engineer extraordinaire, Jeremy McShirley, whom we miss greatly at the show. And he and I had a great conversation one day just about all the apps we use and recommended so many. And some of those resources are still on the Facebook page. So once again, check that out and visit us there at facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio, become a fan of the show and see what kind of bonuses you can get. So other apps that I love are Happify. It's like happy with an if in the middle, Happify. And um, Happify is great. It's like having a little coach in your pocket. And um, it has little games you can play. It has um, courses you can learn that are also gamified. You know, you earn badges uh, just from self-care. And so that is super cool. I also love Calm. Calm is amazing. Calm has sleep stories, which is my go-to with it. It does have meditations. Um, and it has it has a few like great ways you can use it. It's similar to the tapping solution. Like you could find like what is, you know, driving me batty at this moment, and I bet there's a meditation for that on here. And then what's great too is you can set a timer. For any meditation, like I just want to do this one for two minutes, I want to do it for five, for 15, I'd like to spend half an hour like really kind of putting myself out and doing meditations. They have long ones, short ones. Oh, it's wonderful. So I love Calm. And again, the sleep stories are amazing. They have ones for kids. They have ones for grownups. They have ones for naps. Boy, do I love that one too. They have it timed perfectly, like the, the NASA nap solution of 22 minutes, right? And it wakes you up with birdsong and I, it really always works for me. So unless you're somebody who goes deeply, deeply into sleep every time, it's probably going to work for you too. Another one I love is called Mood Meter and it is a pretty new one and um, it's really wonderful and it is based on the book... Um, that I'm blanking on right now. So I'll come back to that in a little bit. But Mood Meter is the app. It's colorful. It's easy. It's wonderful. Um, and it it teaches you, it lets you very quickly and easily just point to a color chart and say, what am I feeling? And it's got four simple quadrants. And, you know, it's a low energy or high energy is it mostly happy, mostly sad? And so um, so low mood, high mood. And you kind of point to what it is. And then, you know, somewhere on there, there's like this little square that you're pointing and touching, and it'll give you an emotion. You know, you're feeling fulfilled, you're feeling content. These are things in the like, you know, low energy, but high mood quadrant. Um, and, you know, and you'll, you can move your finger around like, I don't think that's quite the feeling I'm feeling. Or you might learn like, is that what I'm feeling? I didn't know what to call this before. So I love that it's wonderful. And then it gives you the option. All you do, it's such a simple app. All you do is you point to the thing, (laughs) you name your emotion, 
you check in with yourself on how you're feeling. And then when you are done naming your emotion, it gives you an option. Would you like to stay here or shift your state? And if you say shift, it just gives you little things to do, like go watch a comedy, you know, or, or cry and let it out. It's, you know, take yourself for a walk, move with intention, you know, listen to a great song. It's really, really simple, simple. Again, push button, right? We're talking about this push button stuff. Um, you know, today's episode is not about taking a pill and shifting your state. It's not actually about pushing a button and shifting your state, but it is about using handy quick fixes that can shift your state in the moment and become part of that mindfulness tool belt you can use at any point to make a practice of shifting your state. So I want to mention two more for kids. And again, I really hope you're taking notes. I'm kind of just blasting through all this info. (laughs) I have some notes of my own, obviously. And I'm blasting through this today. Um, if I were in a conversation with someone else here, you'd be hearing a, our dialogue about it and we'd sort of be blasting through in a different way. But without the banter today, I'm just sharing with you so many of these great tools. So two more for kiddos. One is Breathe Kids. And it is great too. It uses kind of the mood meter concept where the kiddo checks in with themselves and they use emojis. So your child does not even have to read your child, your grandchild, your neighbor kid who's having a fit on the lawn and you're sitting there (laughs) trying to pull your your weeds and you say, here, check out my phone if you have that relationship with your neighbor kid. And uh, they can just point to the emoji. They can, it gives them the name of the feeling and if they can read or you can read it to them and name it for them. And that definitely helps them to develop that awareness, that self-awareness that's so critical for self-control. So even toddlers can participate in this and start to practice. And uh, so, you know, then it shows them a great video. And again, there's a free version of this one. I actually just have the free version of this one. And, um, you know, I think there are maybe half a dozen videos. And there's, at any given moment, there's one that's relevant to whatever my kiddo is feeling. And it has little cartoons and these like animals that have characters that, you know, they're experiencing something. And so, you know, when my children are fighting, very commonly it will give them a video called Just Like Me. And they have to, you know, it's a little anecdote about, I think, a fighting horse and frog or something. And, they, you know, and then they, they're encouraged to find ways to to be like each or to find similarities, find common ground. Um, It's not like a cartoon where it's showing them a story. It tells them a little bit of a story and then asks them to kind of put themselves into the character's place and to imagine that their situation is similar, which it already is. Um, My little guys, I think I've mentioned this before on the show. My little guy's favorite one is something called thank the farmer. And um, it's got a little animated raisin and, um, it asks the kiddo to go get a raisin and start to look at it. And it, in that one, it's really teaching them about mindful presence and mindful eating. It asks them to smell and taste the raisin and then maybe chew the raisin and, and feel the flavor of the raisin. And then to, with gratitude, thank the farmer who planted the raisin. Thank the sun and the rain for helping to grow the, ra- the raisin and the soil. Thank all of the workers who picked the raisins and the people who shipped the raisins and the people who stored them at the grocery store and, you know, whoever bought the raisin for you. And I love that that's his favorite. It's so very cool. So Breathe Kids is a wonderful handy app for children. And if kids love games and they love to 
learn about their feelings, then the gamification of all gamifications for emotion coaching for kiddos is through Mightier. Mightier is an app that teaches all kinds of games and they mimic popular games, you know, like Minecraft and Roblox and all these things that kids love. They mimic these popular games. Fruit Ninja, I think, is one of them. And, um, and so it comes with a tablet and it comes also with a heart monitor that they put on their wrist and they have to wear it, the tablet, wear the, the monitor while they're playing the games. And so it measures their heart rate and it has this really cool, amazing trick where if your kiddo is just playing the heck out of that game and they're acing it, then these like little gremlins come and they start messing the kiddo up and the kiddo has to figure out how to overcome this. And the only way they can overcome this is by stopping and doing some breathing exercises. And it's super cool because, you know, if they naturally are pretty calm and smooth sailing and they're great at games, then they're not going to get elevated and anxious about it. Their heart rate doesn't go up. They're just, you know, knocking it out of the park. So the game creates something to create distress for them. And it teaches, you know, that we can be smooth sailing and then here comes a red light, you know, and then here comes 10 more red lights. And now we're PO'd. <laughs> and how do we how do we do this? And so um, you can also create an account for the grownups in your children's lives and you can work together. They have options where you can subscribe and get some coaching help. And so there's like parent coaching and um, it's kind of minimal in the types of ways they talk to you about um, how you're actually, um, you know, I guess other techniques you're using, but it they you know the coaches basically are asking you to keep playing the game and to learn in that way. But they really will work with you on. Um, they talk. They teach you the metrics. It also you know you can set limits for how long they're playing, so it's not about like constantly playing. But if they're going to be gaming anyway, give them one that teaches them emotion coaching and helps them start to meditate and become mindful. <laughs> I say, why not? <laughs> um, that's screen time that's more quality screen time. It's like, um, I guess, PBS versus junk TV. I don't know. So um, then I also want to talk about one that I love, which is actually for, it's less about mindfulness and more about self-awareness. And so I want to say that because it's less less spiritual, but there can be spiritual components to it. And so that is Noom. And that's what I'm using also. I want to also say that I'm not affiliated with anything I'm endorsing here. I endorse them because I love them and I use them. Although I would <laughs> totally agree to get paid to sell these things because I just, you know, I word of mouth sell them to everybody I know. Um, love them so much. Love them, love them. And Noom is a new one that I'm loving uh, that I also use personally that is it's helping me lose weight I've lost 10 pounds but um, what is great about it is that it's not about trying to track the pound usage uh, it is really about like trying to um, be aware of my own body and be aware of how I eat and of course there's education about making great food choices and also about moving with intention and so um, and finding gratitude and savoring things and all great 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 hacks, really psychology tricks and tips. Um, so, so more positive mental attitude, but, um, but purposefully not Pollyanna ish, you know? Um, and so again, love it. It's wonderful. And, um, it's easy to use so far. 
I'm really enjoying it. And my goal, my big win goal that I identified at the top was to have more energy to do all the things with my children. And that has already happened in a month of use. So, so love Noom. All right. So I have mentioned that I may do some reading to you and, um, I also mentioned devotionals. So I'm going to get into some devotionals first before our next station identification break. And uh, this is something I would love to hear from you too. Like if you ever have used daily devotionals, what are some that you use and how do you use them? We have talked about kumbaya stories and um, sharing, you know, those moments when we were sort of saved from ourselves, saved from others, saved from a crisis through some sort of miracle, um, whatever that might be. And again, miracles can be something simple, like just a distraction or, you know, an intervention from someone who loves us or whatever. Um, And devotionals, I think, are a great way to sort of, again, set that pattern, create that habit, get into a rhythm of being able to be aware of when it's time for a miracle or where the miracles are. Devotionals help us watch for, recognize, and receive the gifts of miracles, in my opinion. And if you're not familiar with this word, I think most people are, but just in case you aren't, um, this is, you know, um, being devoted to, I guess, A, the ritual of using a devotional, because many of them are daily devotionals, and then also um, being devoted to the ritual of going within. Um, And so, again, I'm going to share the anecdote, right? My first introduction to devotionals was as, I think, a 10-year-old kiddo at church camp. (laughs) And uh, we had morning vespers, right? We needed to get get up in the morning and a bell would ring um, after, you know, your shower time and um, before breakfast at the mess hall. And you, the goal was to go and find a little spot somewhere in the woods, in the field, whatever, and not too far away, somewhere you could hear the bell again and spend 10 to 15 minutes just in prayer and meditation, just, you know, whatever. And we had these little devotional booklets, right? And so you could read, you could contemplate. A lot of times it's biblical scripture or, you know, your other um, religious tome, the scripture there, or it is a concept, or it is someone's writing. Uh, for instance, one devotional I love to use is by Melody Beatty, and it's, or I think it might be Beatty is how she pronounces it. It's The Language of Letting Go. And she has written a lot of great books for um, people who about codependency. She wrote Codependent No More, which was an amazing bestseller. She's got several follow-up series to those, including this great devotional book. And uh, she is very big in the 12-step group CODA, which is Codependence Anonymous. And um, she's an advocate of it. I believe she actually is a member. And she writes very much about her own personal journey and shares all kinds of great things. And she's also a therapist. And so again, she's using um, her education and her personal experience to really help and teach others grow. The language of getting letting go is wonderful because it has so much to do with a self care, with bound b boundaries, with um, with being able to say no lovingly, with being able to say yes to money. So many things that are just so. 
I guess kind of new agey, but they're really about like just being a healthy human being, you know, just being somebody who, yes, you want to support your community. Yes, you want to do good things. No, you don't want to do it your own, to your own detriment, you know, that sort of thing. So um, that's just one of several. I use, again, a rotating <laughs> version of many, many, many devotionals. And, um, and I typically read two or three each morning, again, almost every morning. And well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, what I love to do with these devotionals is I love to read these short passages, contemplate sort of the question or the koan that's included with them. And then I love to be able to take that throughout my day. And I think that's sort of the intention of a devotional is to really like be mindful, be intentional about what is a goal for the day? There, I remember one I, I used years and years ago. Um, I think it was called Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much. And, you know, it's it was, you know, that type A personality who just can't say no. And so, you know, again, a little bit of codependency was addressed in that. And it would give us exercises, right? Today, practice saying no. Or, you know, what can you say no to? Or, you know, um, you know what can you do for yourself kinds of things. So, there are little messages that are there. There might be, again, scripture or passages, um, you know, or poetry. Um, one thing I have also done is little books of poems, especially inspirational poems or poems about spirituality or poems about grief, perhaps, if I'm going through some deep grieving and being able to just pick a passage. Um, it doesn't have to be in order. I can randomly pick something or a lot of these booklets are, you know, dated the, the with the anticipation that you'll go through it every day of the year. So uh, I myself have been working for a while now on a book called 365 Days of Mood Tools uh, for mental health consumers, um, something that can be used every day as um, self-advocacy. So love devotionals. Those are wonderful tools. And um, if you are someone who also loves to read or, you know, loves to read short passages and little bursts, that might be a really handy, wonderful tool for you. Many of the books as well are small. They're pocket-sized. You know, you can carry them around easily. Um, We can literally put them in our pockets. And so again, handy tools for your mindfulness tool belt. Uh, you know, imagine just pulling them out of the tool belt, you're wearing it right around your waist, and you can pick any one of these at any time. Thank you for being a listener of our show. Tune In is broadcast on WVLP 103.1 FM, and I am your host, Keila Parkinson. Our show is underwritten by Unity of Northwest Indiana, currently developing the premier center for spiritual growth and education in NWI with meditation walks and retreat house events and so much more to come. Learn more and support the growing movement at unitynwi.org. Going to talk for a second about that question you may still have, which is what is mindfulness? And um, even though we've had some amazing definitions from our guests, I think that still one of my faves is from an author named Laura Fortgang, who has not been a guest on the show, but she is also a professional life coach. And she describes mindfulness as being mindful, means being aware of everything and certain of nothing. And so if we're talking about devotionals, it's going in again with, okay, how does this message apply to my life today? And being aware, 
and not certain, although I may learn some things or connect some dots, right? Um, with these apps, right? It's uh, tapping to move things out of my body. It's playing games on Mightier to teach emotional processing. It's being aware, but also being certain that I don't have all of the answers. These are great ways to approach our day. I There was a little period of time where I was the go-to commencement speaker for a uh, local school here. And one of the professors said to me, as we were chatting and waiting for the commencement ceremony to begin, I think we were in line waiting to uh, do the processional into the auditorium. And she said that growing up, her father always told her, he would ask her every evening, what's something amazing that happened today? And she, he, she said that when he would first start asking her this question, she would say, I don't know, you know, and he would say, well, then you're not paying attention because something amazing happens every day. And I just think that is so fun. What a fun thing. Um, one thing I love to do with my kiddos is to, especially at bedtime or at mealtimes, you know, ask these little questions, get to know the kiddos in these fun little kind of gamey ways. And so we can do that with the people in our lives, roommates, families, whoever, you know, significant others, um, or we can just do it for ourselves. And I think that, you know, looking for those amazing things that happen, that's just an amazing way to be. And it keeps us so, so present. So a couple other tools I'm going to just throw out there, of course, podcasts, <laughs> podcasts and radio shows. If you're checking this one out, if you've been listening to the whole episode, then I know you have some favorites. And so uh, I'm going to just, again, endorse uh, things I'm not being paid to endorse, but that I really genuinely love. And that is Hay House Radio and Unity Online Radio. Uh, we, you know, our one of our underwriters is Unity of Northwest Indiana, and their um, national parent organization has great online uh, radio shows that talk a lot more about mindfulness than I do, <laughs> believe it or not. And Hay House Radio, likewise, you may have heard of Louise Hay, taking another tea break here. And all the wonderful things that she did in her lifetime, and especially the last, I believe, 20 to 30 years of her lifetime. And um, maybe you have a lot of the books from Hay House, um, but Hay House also has a radio station and uh, a podcast station. And so um, I'm also going to talk about gurus, some gurus that I love that I have used in my life, and uh, one of whom is Reverend Paulette Pipe. And she has a YouTube channel. You can check out her, check out her website. Um, Really amazing, really amazing stuff. Um, Lots of really fun meditations. She hosts a retreat um, annually, I believe. And um, I'm not sure, you know, what has happened to retreats these days, but um, some of them are virtual. And so, again, something that I think I've experienced the silent the silent retreat I have mentioned again on the on the show a few times was hosted by Reverend Paulette Pipe and it was amazing. And yes, it's Pipe P I P E. She's a lovely woman inside and out. And um, then there's Artie Wu, also somebody who's amazing. And um, I'm saying gurus because these are people who have taught me. And, and I want to say that 
my favorite gurus are people who would never call themselves gurus, would not really want other people to call them gurus, who recognize that we all have that divine spark in us and that we all are teachers. And so they teach with this wonderful sense of grace and humility and not as experts, but as um, conduits. And uh, both these, both of these two especially. So um, Artie Wu is um, another teacher. I believe I've mentioned him on the show as well. And um, through him, I learned one also really awesome hack that you can use that's not just handy, it's also footy. <laughs> it's so cheesy. Um, and it is this wonderful technique just called breathe through your heels. So, um, you know, again, we've talked so much about breathing techniques as things we can do at any point in time, breathing through your heart, heart breathing and heart math and the the heart math Institute. We've talked a lot about that on the show. Check them out as well for, again, some handy resources and some great techniques and quick fixes that you can make regular practices. But breathing through your heels is just such a fun concept. And I, you know, I feel like there's no wrong way to do any of this, um, If it helps to reset and center you, then it is working. And so the way that I have practiced breathing through my heels, there have been two ways I have done it. One is literally to just imagine that my feet are breathing through my heels and, you know, my inhales and exhales are going through my heels. That makes me feel very grounded because then my energy and my focus is on my feet on the ground. And um, another is to just uh, imagine that my breath is coming up from my heels all the way to my mouth, my nose, and back down, or even the top of my head and back down. And that is, again, very centering. It makes me elongate my breath, which sends this great signal to my central nervous system to calm down, to slow down, lowers my heart rate. Wonderful stuff. And one thing that was really fun about um, a workshop I did online with Artie was he gave us these wallpapers for these little hacks. And so I still have one on my phone that says, breathe through your heels in Artie's handwriting. And it's just so, so cool. And so another handy hack I'm going to give you today is phone wallpapers. There are so many amazing ones out there. I... In my business life, I subscribe to and use Canva, which is that wonderful little design um, portal. And, you know, there are so many things you can find out there. You know, just go to Facebook even or just Google and just search for free phone wallpapers and you'll find so many fun ones, probably tons of inappropriate ones. But, you know, there are also ones that say like, put this phone down, it's not yours, (laughs) you know. But I, of course, love the ones that... um, I can either create on Canva or I can find that have those little reminders um, or maybe they just have a positive message. Um, currently, I have, I have one that's a little cartoon of a woman at her laptop with her coffee and it has a little heart and it just says, do what you love. And, and I'm doing that today, kids. <laughs> so I have my tea, I have my laptop for my resources and I have my record app I'm using here on my, my phone to chat with you and share these wonderful handy tools. Phone wallpapers. Um, and then... Um, I just want to share also, I want to kind of endorse a couple of other places. Um, One would be the Dragon Tree Apothecary. And um, I have used, we talked about journaling at the top of the show. They have something called the Dream Book, which is really a planner. Um, They have Rituals for Living Dream Book, and it's a planner. It has some journal pages in it. Um, They also have 
um, a whole book about rituals for transformation. It's kind of a workbook, um, kind of morning pages, if you're familiar with that concept um, for writers. And um, so really fun stuff there. They also have, I think, some burning paper, things you can, you know, you can use um, to let go, set intentions and let go. I think they call it intention paper. So um, made with bay leaves, apparently, which is uh, part of a blessing. I don't know. I think it's really fun. Uh, These people are cool. They have this, I think they're also um, Chinese medicine practitioners in Oregon. And um, looks like they have locations in Colorado and in Oregon. So Portland and Boulder. And uh, the dragontreeapothecary.com is where you find them and their products. They have tons of courses. They also have meditations. They have actual brick and mortar spas. So um, yeah, tons of fun stuff there. And of course, the tappingsolution.com, which I mentioned earlier. So, you know, you don't have to subscribe to the app and have that on your phone. There are tons of free resources online at their website, including, again, um, informational stuff and some guided meditations as well. And then I love, 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 love all the products by Generation Mindful. Um, Suzanne Tucker is a mom of four and a um, therapist and, um, and I believe coach. And um, she has been a kiddo trainer and um, probably getting some of her job description wrong there as I'm paraphrasing um, and trying to remember what I had researched previously and did not write down. (laughs) But she has these amazing tools and our family does use some of them as well. We use some of the simple ones. Again, handy things, cards we can draw that have questions about how we're feeling or have positive affirmation statements, you know, and kids speak. Um, like one is just, I am kind. And it has a little picture, you know, of a little somebody being kind. And um, so great, great things. You can shop there by for products by age. Um, they have products where you can, you know, buy several at a time for schools and for other groups. Um, they have discounts for people in the military and for people who foster. And I just think that's amazing. It's right there on the website. And so I love that too. They have coaches who can teach you how to use the products. And one thing that they have a whole series of products for something called the calm down corner and what they call the time in toolkit. And so if you have a toddler at home and you are sick of, you know, all the no's and you're like, timeouts don't work, my child won't stay on the naughty spot and, you know, the super nanny's gonna <laughs> take my head, whatever. Um, you know, if you're like, I just feel like I'm in a power struggle and I just feel like all I'm teaching my kiddo is to listen to me and not the lesson of what I want them to know. And, Um, So if you're willing to put in a little more time and do that emotion processing, which is super hard with toddlers, but I can attest very worth it. uh, Calm down corners are great because instead of turning around in shame and having your nose in the corner, it's about finding a soft spot. You know, it can be a corner filled with blankets and soft books and plushies and these great little feelings faces posters um, that help kiddos identify what they're feeling after they're calm. So, you know, when your lid is flipped and you can't be resourceful, then you bring that lid down, you get that prefrontal cortex back online. And we're all wired like that. You know, we all need 
to calm down before we can think clearly. I just talked about that before with the tapping solution, right? And how I could not script my own things when I was like really frustrated. And so there's no way to expect a (laughs) two-year-old to be able to do these things because we told them twice in their lives, you know, that this is how they're supposed to behave. Um, So, you know, um, calm down corners are not about like, go calm down and then you can do anything you want to. They're about go calm down. When you're calm, we're going to talk about it and then we'll have the lesson. And so Suzanne Tucker and Generation Mindful have a ton of tools that also help the parents identify like, what am I getting flipped about? You know, why am I getting impatient with it? this? Because half the battle in parenting is, you know, our own emotions and how we have these mirror neurons and we set each other off. Uh, So uh, I just, you know, it's a wonderful way to be learning all the time. And so you can find all of their products at genmindful.com. So gen as in like gen X or generation (laughs) or gen M as she calls it, which is great. Gen, gen mindful, genmindful.com. And now that I have shared all of those things with you, um, I am so, so excited to just read, um, you know what? No, before I, before I read anything, I'm going to share with you some places that I like to go. Um, so, and, and I, I will mention some place in here. So I'm going to mention some places I like to go. Um, and you know what? I'm going to read the post and then we'll do that. So from the Coach Kiki blog again, day 13, what's so meditative about sand anyway? And if you haven't understood what the Coach Kiki blog is, you know, listen to some past episodes and you'll, you'll figure it out. So the post starts, it's everywhere, sand. Just try keeping it in your kid's sandbox, out of their hair, or God forbid, on the beach. Good luck with that. And when you're dumping it out of your shoes after vacation or vacuuming it out of every crevice of the minivan, that's not just me, right? The last thing you're likely to be feeling is serenity. And yet there are apparently fortunes to be made on sand, mandala kits, and portable Zen gardens, both in essence just miniature sandboxes, sometimes including smooth stones and tiny rakes. So what's the fascination? Japanese Zen gardens have a rich symbolic history, having been used to tell stories, teach Buddhist koan lessons, and even protest against politics, but their most congruent symbolism is that of contemplating nature. Rocks, sand, wood, moss, even little bonsai trees are all naturally occurring elements. And interestingly, they can also be used to symbolize other forms of nature. Rocks as mountains, moss as vast grassy landscape, and more. Today, I had my own sand meditation moment, or mini moment anyway. I wrapped up my day with an evening trek with the kids to Tall Tree Arboretum, which has since been renamed Gavis Arboretum as it's part of the Purdue Extension, where we explored nature, particularly in their adventure garden, surrounded by pens of scratching bantam chickens with their feathered legs like pantaloons, massive gobbling turkeys who puffed up their fantail feathers when we got too close, plus a butterfly garden in full bloom, and a sensory garden with a plant for every letter of the alphabet, literally, not to mention the oversized bell, pipe, and percussion instruments in the midst of a woody glade nearby, my three-year-old and I kicked off our shoes and waded into the sand pit, a new feature we were keen to explore. With baby brother cooing and rattling in the stroller nearby, we made tracks with our feet, dug up buried plastic dinosaurs and rocks, which my son adorably dubbed more buried treasure, then filled up an available dump truck-like bucket with the provided shovels. 
I selected a tablespoon-sized scooper just to be ridiculous. And as I sifted my 70th scoop or so of packed sand into the bin, it occurred to me that I was completely single-minded on the task, completely relaxed and at peace. I was outdoors. I was connected to myself, to my kiddos, and even more to nature. Mini mindful moment win. The day 13 mini mindful tool is sand play. Sifting sand into shapes or simply pouring it over and over repeatedly can be surprisingly meditative, even if, like for me, it's not your primary aim. That was day 13 from coachkiki.com, from the Coach Kiki blog, um, which um, has posts on my 60 days of mini mindfulness journey where I practiced a tool every single day for 60 days. I did something every day and my goal was to write about it every night, but I didn't do that part every night. (laughs) Um, So fun and wonderful. And so if you do live in Northwest Indiana, the last tools I want to share with you are some places you can go to get meditative and present in your environment. And one of those places is Gabbas Arboretum. Another place is the wonderful story park that was just created in Valparaiso across from the library from the Rotary. And um, it's an amazing, amazing place. I got a chance to check it out just this week. And it's gorgeous. It's wonderful. And it has my favorite quote by Cicero. If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. My first quote library when I first moved out on my own and I was living in this shoebox size apartment in Chicago was actual boxes stacked together to look like a library. And I hand wrote in marker and drew flowers all over it. That wonderful quote. (laughs) I love it so much. You know, you can do these things anywhere you are. And I am so happy to share these things with you today and to hear how you implore them. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you later, meditators.